Good afternoon. It is May 9th, 2022. You're listening to A Little Column A, Little Column B, hosted by Will Levinos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What's going on, Will? You're a man that travels. Have you ever been on a plane? It lands. You're just tired. You just want out. I think we all have been there, but not as much as this one fella that I found an article about. He could not wait for the normal, wait for the road in front of you to get up and leave, and then you go. He just opened the emergency exit, hopped on the wing, slid off, and then tried to walk away. Have you ever been even close to thinking, you know what, maybe I'll just skip this whole line. I don't need to be a part of this. Yeah, no. Uh, it's, like th- This is where seating, I think, paying for it, you do have an advantage on if you're factoring in the exit strategy of it. You know, maybe, maybe I don't want the discount one that's all the way in the back. I'm kind of going somewhere and I'm going to be in a rush. I understand that. This is this is craziness, though. You, like, you can't have this attitude if you're a frequent flyer, right? Like, you, you're not getting away with this ever again. This is over. <laughs> so he, he for sure got, got arrested. And I got to imagine that has to put you on some sort of list, right? Like, they're going to keep a, you know, a little closer eye on you. Sure. I mean, I don't think I want to say that out loud, but yeah, you know, I, it, it's it's a reason not to. There is a deterrent of a factor of something like that possibly happening. I, I totally understand that. But man, the impatience of this is, is kind of ridiculous. Now, if you're someone else, are, are you it's already open now. You also don't want to wait. Are you possibly using this exit as well? Or are you just going to wait it out if, if you were next to this guy? I, I know you're for sure getting arrested. Uh you, you, you leave, you know, you, you, you leave the plane through the emergency exit when there's not an emergency, you're, you're definitely in trouble. The other thing, it's, it, it's, it's not a small plane. It, it's a, I'm going to call it like a standard size airplane. The, the wing is pretty high up in the air. So to go down from that is, it, it's, it's quite, quite the height as well as, okay, now you're out of the airplane. Well, think about how you normally get into the airport from the airplane. They have the, you know, the tunnel that comes out. Well, you can't get back into the tunnel. So I got to imagine, say, say you don't get arrested. Like somehow you're not caught. You're on the, you know, on the tarmac. I think it's going to take you longer to figure out how to get in through a service entrance to get to where the passengers are than it would be if you had just waited on the plane like millions of people do every, every day. Well, his luggage still hasn't been unloaded. You know, there's no real point of being first to the luggage uh, baggage claim here. It's not going to. You're not doing yourself any favors. It's just a ridiculous scenario. I can't believe somebody would do something like that. It's 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 wild. I don't know what I would do if this happened. I would just freak out. I feel like I would be getting punked or something. Like really, somebody's somebody somebody's doing this. This is this is that. Right? You got to be looking around. And it's you know at that point of the you know the trip, the flight attendants are towards the towards the front, just kind of keeping an eye on everybody. So I got to imagine people are yelling up. Like, uh, yo, hey, hey, like some, someone just left through this door here. Uh, that, that's crazy. I can't believe somebody just, just, yeah, I'm out. Exit. This is it. I, landing over. Uh, speaking of exits, we've had some players get injured over the weekend here who are going to be making some exits. John Morant made an exit. There's some suspect potential on, on his injury and, and whatnot. We'll get into a little bit of that. I mean, this has been a well-fought series between, Memphis and Golden State, there's been ejections in two of the three games. There was a suspension in one of the three games. It's playoff basketball. This team's playing hard. It's it's very funny watching Golden State try and avoid playing their 
style of basketball being a little bit more classical of their dynasty era of, you know, not too long ago, but there's some new guys in there now, and they're trying to counter that with some real youth because there's youth on the other side, and they are falling behind on that, and the athleticism has been really high for Memphis, just making it very difficult to just do anything against. But with all that being said, uh, what what is your greatest takeaway of this right now with Durant going out and Brooks coming back? Is that going to maybe possibly counter enough, or is this is this really a red flag right now? We got we got a lot of problems in Memphis. Uh, this this is over. Even with Morant, you know he he got hurt towards the end. He you know went out. They lost by thirty. Now now you're losing your your best player. I, I'd like to think they can. Uh, you know, scrape together something. They definitely played well while Morant was hurt earlier this year, but this is not a towards the end of the season. You can catch some teams sleeping. This is, this is the Warriors. The Warriors mean business. The, the, they started a rookie the last game and he scored 18 points. Uh, I'm a little concerned. I think I messaged you the as same a, thing you know, a fan happened. of a different team in the league. When they started Kaminga, it was like, oh, wow, Kaminga might, like, if he has anything slightly of above average game, it's like, oh, boy, rookie guy having, you know, above average game, this is a big deal. This is supposed to go bad. You're not supposed to do this. This is supposed to be bad coaching by Kerr, where you're just saying, oh, my God, we're, this is where we are in the list. We, we crossed all this off already. None of that worked. We're we're playing the rookie. <laughs> this, this is it. We finally got Clay back. We got another guy, Jordan Poole, developed, and we're playing Kaminga. Like, this is... This is wild, but there was a bit of a Wiggins coming out party last game as well, who also had a, a decent game. I, I still can't believe that a number one pick is is like their their fifth option and the luxury of having that. Right, like you, you really don't even like talk about him. Yeah, it's this guy was an all star by the way. Every time I see him have a, a good game, I kind of don't even want to give him credit. It was like, no, he got credit. He was not only an all star this year; he was a starter this year. Like that's that, that still blows my mind. I still think they got that wrong, but I'm I'm not gonna like over zealous this you know he, he's fine he's a nice player he's good he's great luxury fifth option but uh i'm with you i think this series is going to be a struggle i'm curious to see if brooks comes out because he, he's a capable heat check guy man he, he's fully prepared to just launch some shots up i know that and i'm curious to see if he's just going to be able to have a game and potentially make a series out of all this because we got a lot of 2-2 ties we got a lot of pressure on tonight's game between boston and milwaukee of a 2-1 right now but the rest of them are all locked up right now so you you don't think Memphis has any chance? No chance. I'm watching Sports Center right now. Morant is is doubtful. Went through the uh, kind of saw the you know the interview. The, the headline is now before before we move on to another team right now. Let's do you think it was a dirty play? The the knee grab reach. I was just, yeah, this is what I was just, just mentioning because I've seen two reports. One, there was a drive uh, where he landed a little awkwardly, and then shortly afterwards was when uh, Poole uh, kind of grabbed his knee. I, I think he – this is going to be weird. I think he intentionally grabbed his knee, but I don't think it was a dirty play. I don't think he was trying to, like, wrench his knee or something, but I just know, like, sometimes when you're playing basketball, it's like – the heat of the moment, you're just kind of like going for the ball. You're just like grabbing stuff, and it just it, it just happens. And I don't think it was calculated. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to tug on his knee and try to try to mess it up. So I really hope that wasn't where the uh, the injury occurred because just anytime uh, you know an all star here is not playing, it, it's not good for anybody. I don't think that's how the injury occurred, but I will say this about the play: a dirty play can be 
defined simply as I just really hope nobody ever does this again. And I don't think I'd ever want somebody to grab my knee at all, even if it is accidental or not. So I don't ever want that to happen again. So I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of leave it at that. I, I think it's one of those plays where I would ideally rather you not grab my knee in any scenario. In this whole, like, I accidentally did it. I was playing, you know, too hard or whatever. That, that just isn't a good qualification for me when you're a professional basketball player. Nobody else in the world is as good at this other than you guys. So you shouldn't be getting fooled <laughs> into things like that, all right? This isn't second grade you know, whatever, whatever tournament, this is professionals. So you should be able to play defense without grabbing somebody else. All right. You were capable human being. It's kind of what I'm saying here. So that that's, that's where I'll, I will say that it's, it's, it's just too bad that Morant is, is injured because man, having some games here, I think he's averaging 40 going into the last game, which he's averaging 40. Like that, that's something it's a headline. That's a big game. That's how many other teams have guys saying that right now. And I agree that their momentum is probably dried out a little bit right now, but who knows? You know, any, anything can happen. It's a two-one. You get one more, and and you're back in the driver's seat. Anything can kind of happen. And I don't know if Morant is actually going to come back, or if he does come back, if he's going to be even remotely close to the same athleticism he's been showing. That that'd be much more concerned about that part. Uh, but you know, one game at a time. They got a shot here. But the other important game four is tonight between Milwaukee and Boston. And I think we should just kind of quickly recap the results of the last game, which were not very good. Uh, do you want to add anything else? Because that, was, that wasn't great. That was a poorly fought game by the Celtics. I mean, we had a chance. And I think that... May- well, I'm not going to say it was, it was, it was poorly, fought, f- poorly fought because it was the third por- quarter was terrible, but it, it was a great fight in the fourth quarter. To come back from a 16-point lead, that was, that was a great fight. We, we had a chance to steal that. I think of most teams going into the, into the fourth quarter, you're down 16 and you don't immediately start coming back. Like, you wrap you wrap it up and and it's over. So I wouldn't say it was poorly fought. Okay, but we have this habit of falling behind and then making it a heroic push, and sometimes it works, and I we get a whole bunch of credit. But I'm also just going to be conscious of this is a re- reoccurring thing that we have to prevent from happening. All right, these leads, and when we look so poorly during, we just can't look that bad. All right, Tatum had a terrible game. Wesley Matthews, terrible. Wesley Matthews, man, I, I I'm going to say praises to him right now because i hope it never happens again i mean that was a really incredible performance i mean i could talk about some specific referee concerns throughout the games but i don't think any of them truly relate to wesley matthews i actually thought he played really good playoff defense i think in the regular season we're like why is this guy playing so hard we give the stars more fouls and that, that's how that goes but this is the playoffs we, i want to see guys get up in their jersey like that i want to see this so i i kind of was impressed by that i'm more disappointed that tatum Really wasn't able to overcome it at all. Like he was uncomfortable the whole time. He wasn't dribbling very well. I thought he was just completely out of a rhythm. Jump shot wasn't going, or and he also we just fall for the threes so easily on this team. It's it's really, it's concerning. I just I'm I'm a little worried about the team right now, especially seeing a result like that where we had a chance to steal a game that we we may or may not have deserved, and we really blew that opportunity. If you ask me, but, it was for sure would have been a uh, would have been a steal. Uh, I have no idea how on the, uh, the the final play, I guess it wasn't a final final play, uh, you know, but before that free throws, how smart shot, how, how it wasn't a shot. It, he he caught the ball. There was not a lot of time. He immediately went to go shoot it, and somehow they said that it was on the floor. They called it that it was a, it was a rip through, but he, he he was in the air. His feet were off the ground when he got fouled. I it just it, it made no sense. It made no sense that we review all these things, but 
a thing that is actually going to impact the game. When the ball goes out of bounds, and then we're looking to find out if there are 3.6 seconds left or 3.4 seconds left, it has virtually no impact on the game. We'll, we'll review that for you know 10 minutes, but this, we can't take a look and find out. I, I, I don't understand. And uh, do you think that's smart? Um, the uh, the the missed free throw, uh, you know, on purpose. Do you think he intentionally hit it off the backboard first, or do you think he got lucky that after it hit the backboard, it hit the rim, and really he just went too high? He does have a history of being pretty good at these missed shots. That being said, I think he missed and he got lucky. I think he panicked. Okay, because I I I've never seen someone really do that on purpose. I don't think of hitting the backboard on a on a direct line shot. You know, sometimes you try to do like a blooping situation, but this way, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I because and in the first look, I thought he had just whipped it off the backboard, and it was just like, oh. But it's like one of those things. I totally get. You don't practice a whole bunch. It, it, like, why do you want to be really good at this? But, but oh, we had so many opportunities. Smart gets the rebound. He gets hammered. Of course, they don't call it again. And then uh, finally, Horford, after he, you know it's bouncing around, puts it in. It's like if we only had just like uh, you know a half half a second. You know, we, we, we tie it up, and, you know, maybe we steal it in overtime. Uh, two things about the Marcus Smart thing. The free throw, looking at the result that he got out of that, if I were to practice this or if I were to be coach a team and tell him to practice this, that is what I would try and practice. Because for whatever reason, I think that's somewhat replicable. I don't know how you hit the backboard and you get it to hit on the way back, but that seems like something you could do over and over again because it's just like, hey, just hit this part of the backboard. So I I, I like. Do you that. think so? Because I I I disagree because I think we ended up getting the ball, but you really want the weirdest the, the weirdest carom off of the rim. So I think that's why the best one is is you ricochet it as hard as you can off the front of the rim, so it goes directly back to you. But think because you're gonna have more guys around the outside; they have more guys on the inside. So you want this ball to like go far out, you know, at, at this level. It's not like if you heard playing in high school or something, you know, maybe you just have the tallest guy out there and it's just any rebound close, but I would think you'd want that ball to go as far out as possible. Probably, but I also think if you could practice a routine of this and you're like, hey, these are the options, the rebounders, you're looking for this area and this area as your high kind of likelihoods of where it's going to bounce, I, I think that's an easier practice and an easier thing to do. Also, there's there's a good mastery that he did with – being the shooter and lunging forward and kind of getting away with it, but not making it so obvious because they will call that if you go early. Yeah, definitely. And I thought he did a good job on that. Now, the the, the last thing I'm going to add is just on the three-point no call here. It doesn't make sense that he would pass it in that scenario either. That's what I found concerning about it. What are we down? We're down three points. What makes more sense is yeah. there's three seconds left and Marcus Smart is shooting a three so that we have a chance to actually be in the game. What doesn't make sense is that he would shoot midair and then pass it in a game where we are down three points. So I I think that's that's my biggest concern of the whole situation between that is that they essentially made a decision on what he was looking like he was going to do and that just doesn't make any sense to it. It was basically saying he's not a not a good basketball player, not making a good basketball play. So I, I thought I didn't like that they kind of took that away from it. All, all in all, though, there were some other calls that could have went our way. I think there was an out of bounds. The the two minute report on this game is is just brutal, and the most brutal part is that it doesn't include the rest of the game. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, there's already five missed calls they addressed in that game. 
the smart three was not one of them, which I found a little concerning. But you know what? I don't want you to be. I understand the NBA not wanting to really make decisions on on games like that. They're just trying to put out a report to satisfy it to some degree. They don't have to satisfy us any more than that. So I, I'm not shocked on that end of it. But for how do you think that they'll uh, they're, they're going to uh, referee uh, Giannis tonight? Is uh, he going to have to play uh, basketball, or are they going to let him play football again, where he can just run people over just whenever he wants to? I hope they let him continue to play the way he's playing. It's incredibly frustrating as a Celtics fan. I understand all of it. But I, I haven't felt this sort of frustration since watching Shaq, where I don't know how you officiate him either. Because, you know what? The guy hustles and plays really hard. He beats you up the court. He fights you for the position. It, it's it's not just I'm bigger and stronger than you. There is some actual strategy here that he's he's doing very well at. He's getting good positions. He's picking on the right matchups. He's asking for switches on the Jalen Brown and then putting him in the spin cycle every time. It's, 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 it's a rinse repeat effectiveness that he's, he's doing very well. And I don't know how you counter all that with a guy who can also Euro step from the three point line. Like it's, it's a very, very, very good basketball player, which is why he's the best player in the league. So I understand him getting calls on that. And I'm also just really impressed by him. I'll, I'll ask you this. Where, where's Chris Middleton fit into all this? Cause this team looks way better without him. I, I feel like I like this. No. You you don't think so? I I think I like the Drew Giannis dominant no, offense so much more. Look at look how few look how few points they're scoring. They have Chris Middleton and they can run pick and roll with him and Giannis. And you got to figure out Giannis rolling to the hoop, and you have to cover cover Middleton. They don't have anybody at Middleton's level. They they'd be playing much better if they had Middleton. Well, that's concerning because we, are, especially we, Middleton against the Celtics, because he loves to torch the Celtics. I didn't even want to add that. I was just going to let that be. I already, I already said some really nice things about Wesley Matthews. I had an idea, seeing how Middleton, you know, I agree, would still probably help this team to some degree, but don't you think this is a potential shopping point here where maybe we move on from Middleton and we add something else? I, I, I just ballparked this yesterday. There's no way this is going to happen here, but I would shop Middleton for Carl for Anthony Towns as a Lopez kind of long-term solution here. There's no way they're going to be able to make the money work, but maybe there is a chance they can make the money work, and maybe both teams actually kind of want something like that. I don't know. I don't. Lopez, I, I, he could easily age like Horford, who's playing fantastic right now, or he may be on the last bit of it right now, and I, I think they really have taken advantage of having a center being able to stretch the floor like that. It's not even his defensive presence. It's him playing that position and then being able to shoot that well from the corner, which I think Towns would be really good at. Just, just throwing it out there. I don't know, it's, uh, it's not trading yet. We're, we're still in the playoffs here. But I, I had that thought yesterday watching the success of the Bucks against the Celtics, who were just so good against Brooklyn, and they don't even have Chris Middleton. And so I, I, I threw that out there. Any, any thoughts on that one? Or am, I, am I already crazy for storming this up? I think you're, you're, getting, you're getting too wild with it. They just won a, a championship last year. I, I don't think it's crazy. I don't, Lopez, this, this is. This well is going to go dry The conference soon. semifinals right now. We're, we're only in the conference semifinals right now, so I don't think you make moves based off of, oh, well, we looked really good in the conference semifinals. It's like, well, you won a championship last year with this, these guys, and I think that, especially with basketball, there's something to be said about having continuity, and you don't just get rid of continuity for no reason, especially bringing in Carl Anthony Towns. What, what have you seen from him that says, oh, yeah, he's, a, he's ready for, uh, for a championship? Big playoff performer here. Shows up every game. Uh, yeah, so... I, I don't think you, you make a 
a, a quick a quick move like that. You know, you, you keep with the with the defending champ team and don't really make any, any crazy moves and be like, oh no, like look at him, he wasn't here, so we don't need him. So he, he would definitely be helpful. It helps with that that margin of error that everyone has talked about. Yeah, but I do have uh, I, I have I have bad news about tonight. Who's not playing now? Rob Williams is out. Oh man, a concussion? No, it says knee. So I just saw it on, like I said, I got Sports Center on. It just was on the bottom line, so I don't have any more information. But I would have definitely expected something more head concussion related after uh, he got whacked real good in the in the side of the head by. Uh, by who? Who was it? It was in uh, by one of the Bucks. Whacked him, whacked him real good in the head. No call. Just they just they don't play on. He's he's been he's been getting banged up, uh, un- unfortunately. So it's not unexpected. Just coming off that injury real quick, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he can he can he can recover because I, I don't know if it's the same knee that he just just recovered with, but. Uh, the concern uh, is this means I think that Tice is going to have to play oh, some more, no. and he did not look good last game. Oh, no, no, Tice is there. They're, they can't wait to feast on Tice. They're so excited. Every every time he enters the game, for like 30 seconds, it, it's immediately pointed out. They immediately put him in a screen and roll, and he's just I, on the switch every time. Regardless who's there, Drew does the same thing to him. I I, I agree with you, he, and he only played for, for two minutes, but at some point, Grant Williams is going to get into foul trouble early. And I mean, he played 34 minutes. And if, if it's not Tice, there, there, there's no one else. <laughs> there's, there's nobody else. Do you know who the next name on the list is? Cornette. Yeah, that's the next name on the list. The, there, there's nobody else. At least Cornette's. Tice is going to have to. Tice is going to have to play double-digit minutes tonight. That's terrible. I actually hope Cornette plays. I, 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 I'm actively rooting for that at this point. I just Tice, Tice isn't going to do it. Cornette's not going to do it either. But Cornette might actually hit a three, and Cornette is actually longer and maybe taller that he could foul better because that's the other thing. Tice isn't a good fouler either. He gets called for a ton of fouls. He gives up more and ones than anyone else on the team. That's that's my, my ah, this is this isn't good. I just need ten minutes from Time Lord. That's all we need. It's not not anything more than that. It's just oh, that's 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 frustrating. But you know what? There was another player that also returned from an injury in another series over here between Philly and Miami. Embiid is back. The mask is on, and now the series is tied. And everyone's talking about Harden, but I want to talk about Embiid. Embiid coming back this is crazy. I mean. <laughs> Orbital fracture? I don't know about you. That doesn't sound like something I'd be okay with playing with. And they're just going to give me this big old thing of plastic and say, hey, try not to get hit by this. Good luck. That's crazy. Dude, this was uh, similar to the uh, the Booker situation in the last series. On Thursday, they came out and said he was out. And then on, it was, I think, a half an hour before the game on uh, on Friday, said he was active. And if you're thinking, hmm, that seems like it might be against the rules. That seems a little shady. I don't know about that. Just like the Suns did, the Sixers got fined for not accurately like representing, I don't know exactly what the, the, the term is or the, the wording of it, but it was $50,000. And I started to think, well, $50,000, that's in the same realm as what they find players. Teams make, make way more money than players do. And I'm wondering, is this something that's going to continue if the, the penalty is only $50,000? There is some strategy to not having to prepare and then suddenly figuring out all the things you've prepared for. You no longer have 
accurate preparation for that, that now a player is back. I think we all expected him to come back in the series. I don't know if it was necessarily game three we're expecting it, but I, I do think we had a rough expectation that he was going to give it a go at least once. So I, I don't know how much of an advantage it actually would have been. I thought there was a better chance in Bede coming back to the series than Harden having a game like he had last night was ever going to happen again. I say fluke. I say doesn't happen again this year and might not ever happen again at all. That's that's my Harden. You don't think Harden's going to score 30 points ever again? Not in the playoffs. Oh, not in the playoffs. Okay. Not in the playoffs. I, he may have an awesome regular season next year with, with whatever coach D'Antoni wants to do with him at whatever new destination they're all at. Because I think if this ends like this, I mean, outside of this one game and everyone's suddenly like, yes, it was all worth it. We did it. It's great. It's like, you haven't won the series yet. Like, what's the difference of losing in seven and losing in four? Like, you, you would have been like, hey, Harden thing, totally worth it. We went seven, you know, could have went anyway. It was like, well, he really wasn't that good in any of the games except for one of them. Two of them you didn't even have in bead. Like, I'd be pointing more to that. <laughs> I, I'm just not, I'm not going to buy in on, on the Harden thing. I think it's, it's, it's uh, not just that they tied it up. It's the fashion that they did it. Winning by uh, pretty close to 20 points in both games. It wasn't, you know, the fluke where you, you, some some bounces go your way at the at the very end and, and you steal one. It's like, no, you, you were up double digits and you, you win by 20. That's a, we were in the driver's seat. We had this. I, I love Embiid. I'll root for him, but I don't, I don't think they're going to win the series. And I don't think James Harden is going to do anything else to help this team right now. I, I think Maxie's got a chance, but he kind of cooled off a little bit last game. It feels like they're starting to, focus on him a little bit more and he's struggling a little bit with some extra attention and that's that's normal uh what's what's not so normal is the Duncan Robinson story that that's a little weird he's just not playing anymore. yeah what is going on with that uh just just wanted to mention it real quick that it, he's not injured he's just not playing and allegedly it has to do with his defense uh I remember there was a year it wasn't long ago where it was Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson were like the two rising stars on this team that were like wow Look at Miami. You know, the, they, they drafted high. They got an undrafted guy. They're, they're getting something out of both of them. Look at this. And Heroes truly paid out where he just won the sixth man of the year. I, I just wonder, is is is, is he going to be like Robinson next year? Like, is he going to be out of the league? <laughs> just saying, you know, we're patting Miami on the back for doing such a great job with all this. And now here it is, the most important part of the season. You've chosen to bench this guy. You know, don't don't say all the other stuff if, if this is how we're going we're gonna to go with it. But, you know... I don't want to rain on Tyler Hero's parade. He's been pretty good in the – I thought he was really good in the regular season. He's been active in the playoffs. I don't think he's been fantastic, but the the, the Miami situation has been a little weird with some injuries, and I think the rotation hasn't been quite steady for, for even him. But uh, thoughts on the, the sixth man here? I mean, does anybody really care about the sixth man right now? <laughs> sixth man is similar to most improved player of – it's just – it's kind of weird. Like if you get MVP or you're rookie of the year, it's like, you are the best, but for six man, it's like, so you're the best out of all the guys that aren't the best kind of thing. Like you're, you know, like if you're really good, you start. So it's like, well, then why aren't you starting? And so, and then it gets weird because there's a certain percentage of games that you have to come off the bench to satisfy the requirement to win this award. So some teams will do that to make sure, well, well, you know, somebody's hurt. Well, who's the next best guy? Well, no, no, we don't want to start Hero because we want to make sure that he can win the six-man-of-the-year award. So I guess it's good for the team to do for the player. But 
it's definitely a definitely a weird award. It's like, well, why, why isn't he starting? Well, let me ask you this: so you're you're an NBA player. You're let's say fourth year. You're 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 becoming somewhat of a vet at this point. You're being told your role on the team is going to be a bench player. You go into the year. Are you playing really well so that maybe you'll win a sixth man of the year award? Or are you playing really well and really hard so that maybe you'll get put in the starting lineup? I think it's got to be the second one, right? I think so. I, I don't know anyone else. I don't remember any other point in the year being like, you know what, I'm, I'm going for the sixth man. But I assume at some point in your career where you're more of the fading star, I understand being a sixth man where it's like, I don't know if I can handle the minutes. I don't even know if I can play every night. I can come off the bench and kind of run the second unit. I, you know, I don't know if I can take a ton of shots, uh, handle the volume for a starter, but I can handle the volume as a as an off the bench. Or I, I see that a lot more. So it's kind of strange when you give it to a younger guy like Hero, where it's like, congratulations, man, you're almost there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Maybe next year you'll be a starter, and you won't be qualified for this award. Like, you think he's going into next year thinking like, oh, maybe I can win this back to back. Like that's where the weird thing about this award that you you pointed out <laughs> that like nobody wants to win this again. I don't even know if you can win it again. <laughs> yes, yes, you know the uh, some of the the two time winners. Uh, Lou Williams won it three times. He won it back to back, and uh, Jamal Crawford won it uh, three times as well. Yeah, how about we talk about the real award then? Because they they actually did announce the MVP. I'm pretty sure I, I got this one, or at least he would have got my vote, so I seem somewhat in agreement with with the, with the majority of people where you, Nikola Jokic gets the MVP. He now has another one. I couldn't be happier. This is who I would have gave it to. I, watching him in the playoffs with that struggling roster around him, just fe- just feel for the guy. It, it was terrible that Golden State truly picked on him and kind of picked up a whole bunch of swagger with it, too. I, I didn't like all that. So I, I'm a huge fan of Jokic. It was it was uh, a hell of a year by Embiid, but I, I don't really have any issues with this. I, I, if you wanted Embiid, I wouldn't have argued it either, but this is this is who I would have gave it to. Do you think they got it right? I think they got the person right. I think that the presentation or the, the, the breaking news was terrible. This news came out at, I think, 9 o'clock this morning on a Monday. In, or... Embiid played yesterday. Uh, had a great time or a great game. Giannis played, uh, you know, a couple days ago. Jokic has, uh, you know, lost in the first round. You know, team. You know, he won the MVP kind of because the team around him they're missing two max guys. So to- totally get all of that. But it's like this was voted on as soon as the the regular season ends, and then there is weeks. The regular season ended a month ago. Why are, why are we waiting? And then why is the reveal on a Monday morning? Could you not have kept this like under wraps and announced it, you know, in prime time slow or at n- halftime? Slow news day, you know, just just sneak it in. Slow news day. We'll we'll, we'll take over a Monday morning. Uh, uh, you know what they uh, should have done? Why wasn't this announced on the only night this whole playoff series where there wasn't a game? Why didn't we just take that night? Or could have, or could have done it then. It seems like these uh, these awards are just announced. Or I don't know if they're an announced is the word or leaked. Or I, I don't even know exactly how you how you describe it. But it seems like there's just there's got to be a better way of doing this. All of the votes have been in for a long time. Can you, I, I I seem to remember we used to do these like you'd present to them at the games. That's when you found out. And or just. I can see you don't want to announce all at once. Everyone kind of gets their shine a little bit, but there's a, there's some downtime between when the regular season ends and when the playoffs begin. Could we do it then? 
Or I agree with you of, okay, if we're going to wait until there's going to be no basketball, there's no basketball, but hey, here's a, you know, here's a little nugget for you. It's like, what are you doing? A Monday morning? I, I, I don't get it. I think the other weird part about this is the execution of all the other awards. Like Gary Payton shows up and gives it to Marcus Smart. Uh, there was another one. Uh, who did the Harrison? Bar- uh, Vince Carter did Harrison Barnes for Rookie of the Year, and 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 Jokic. No, not not Harrison Barnes. Not Harrison Barnes. Uh, uh Scotty, Scotty Barnes. Scotty, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Not Scotty Brooks. Oh man, we were all over the place. <laughs> Scotty Barnes in Toronto, the rookie. <laughs> yeah. Forward. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like that, those were really cool moments. You got old, old guys that I I feel like not only did we watch growing up, I imagine those players had watched growing up and were very familiar with getting an award similar. Like I I just thought that was that was really cool. Especially uh, Peyton was the last guard to win the award. There's been nothing but big men ever since. So like I thought that had a uh, just a cool relation right there. As well as everyone everyone loves likes the glove. So I I don't understand if Jokic. They they couldn't find him a role model. They couldn't like is that is that really what happened here? I wonder, I wonder if it's now that it's come out and like I said, they knew who it was. They've known for weeks, if not a month now, that he, he he's the winner, but held on to it. And at least if it was like last year, he he's back home in Serbia. So maybe they wanted to do one of these videos, but he's like, hey, I'm not coming back to the United States. It's my off season. If you had done this while the season was going on, awesome. Bring in a, a former, a former MVP. Somebody. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, would it be like? Would it be like an international guy? Maybe. Maybe bring Dirk. That'd be cool. I was actually going to mention there was a year. I'm pretty sure the year Dirk won the regular season MVP was the year he got upset in the first round against Golden State. And if I remember correctly, they gave him the award on the opening night of the next season, which is almost like the saddest ring ceremony you're ever going to have, which is like <laughs> you're not really getting a ring. You're actually just getting an award that you should have gotten last, like a lot sooner in this, but you screwed up the first round so bad that we just didn't know what to do. So we did this. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, if, if I remember correctly, because that's the only other scenario where something like this, I think, happens. Generally, the MVPs are, are active. I mean... Or was it one year Westbrook won? I'm pretty sure he wasn't in the playoffs. What did we do that year? When did Westbrook get the award? They were an eight seed that year, uh, right? Like, they were 20, barely in the playoffs. 2016, 2017. Yeah, but when did they give it to him? Like, was it in the playoffs? Uh, I, I don't know. He must have made the playoffs. I know they made the playoffs, but he was, like, a lower seed. They didn't advance out of the first round. So, like, did they wrap this thing up early? Yeah, I don't remember. And because I'm not sure if that was the year that they did the – uh, the, the remember the, the one year they did the NBA award ceremony and tried to make it like the Oscars oh, and just that no, might be it. they did it like in July. I don't remember what year that was, but yeah, I, I didn't like that either. Let's not do that again. That was bad. Anyways, congratulations to Jokic. It was a hell of a year. I think this was probably one of the best NBA regular seasons I I've enjoyed in a long time. A lot of good talent out there. A lot of good teams. I think I could say nice things about almost every single one of the teams, especially the ones that were competing this year. And Jokic, man, he he fought through a lot of stuff this year. And I, I just don't think he gets enough credit for the style of play and the effectiveness of it, too. I just I, really cool player. Uh, happy for him. I, I don't know. Embiid one of these days, maybe. I don't, I, I, don't know, I don't know what else you're supposed to do. I'm sorry. Your team wasn't bad enough. Like That's really <laughs> the 
essential deciding factor. I, I don't I don't know how you apologize for that either. It's, it's just sorry. It's, just, it's not fair. Uh, I, I think the, the the injury hurt him, and uh, you know you kind of say it tongue in cheek. Your team wasn't bad enough, but also his team wasn't good enough. If he had been a uh, a, a one seed, I think that this might be a little bit different of a conversation. Of okay, he's got the the best record in the East, but they're 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 a four seed. So I mean, two, three, and four were all tied. So you know that's a little bit misleading to say it like that. But you're middle of the road playoff team based on the, on the standings. So Jokic is for sure in a similar situation, but you, you can use that. If you wanted to, you know, lock this down, be the best guy on the best team. And you're going to, you're going to demand the attention and demand the votes a little more. I think. Well, I, I hope his team is able to recover next year because I don't want to waste another MVP Jokic year like this. Like that's, that's the only shame of this, that he had that awesome of a year that the entire league feels like he's an MVP and he can't get one one teammate like this just it, it'll happen he, those guys will get healthy they'll be back but uh speaking of being the best player in the series there's one series we have yet to talk about and that is the 2-2 tied Phoenix Suns to the Dallas Mavericks Luka Magic not so magical the other night but Finney Smith Mr. Heat Check <laughs> getting getting some momentum going here I I can't <laughs> I can't say that's what I expected going into the series at all, but you know, here we are. CP3 has been Mr. Turnover, just just can't hold on to the ball, finds ways to get rid of it now. I I don't know what to say about what's going on here. Are you having concern for Phoenix? Is this is this panic mode or is this just, you know, good playoffs? I talked about how there's a lot of good teams out there. I think the thing I was most surprised about was how many turnovers uh, Chris Paul had in the in game 3. This is a guy that doesn't turn the ball over in six turnovers. Uh, what was it? Was it five or six in the first half? It's like, that's, it's like four games for him. I, I, I was shocked by, by that number. I'm kind of surprised of uh, Dallas evening this up. Uh, I just kind of thought one of these, it, at least game four, the Suns, you, you know, you always, if, if you're a decent team, you win game three, you're at home. You turn, you turn the Jets on. You you turn everything on. But I thought Game Four, Suns would get it back and say, "Okay, no, we are a much better team. We're we're gonna tell you this is over." But no, no, Dallas came to play, stuck it out, and yeah, all, all tied up. I'm, I'm liking that. Uh, you know, two of these series are, are are two twos. Like I want long series. We haven't got a Game Seven yet. I want a Game Seven. I'm worried we're not gonna get any Game Sevens. Like the whole playoffs, the whole time, the whole playoffs. I don't think any of these going to go seven. Well, that would be unfortunate. It would be. I don't think the NBA wants that either. But that that's kind of my prediction here. Wow. Uh, the the Dallas team. <laughs> I go back and forth between me like, wow, th- this is this is like a really interesting roster of like maybe maybe this out is like is this roster good or is this roster not good? Because there's moments where it's like you attach the price tags to everything. You're like, you know what? That's actually that's pretty good for that. That's not that bad. That that that's okay. I I, I get why they ended up in the situation that they're playing this sort of lineup, and it, it's it's weird. But it, you know, I I see it a little bit. And and then there's other days where it's like this is a random terrible roster. That I don't understand how it's working at all. Luca just shoots the ball every single time, and suddenly some other guys get open, and then they start making shots. And if they don't. That's it. Like, there's no other plan. And I, and the whole Jason Kidd's a good coach and all that is, is, is a little weird when I don't know if they always look so organized. But you know what? <laughs> it's 2-2 right now against a team 
I don't think anyone expected them to have that much of a chance against. I mean, you got a Luka punch and sh- punching chance, which is a pretty good chance, but it's not a favorable one. It's not one we thought would be 2-2 at this point. And, and now it's only a three-game series, and it's like, can Luka win you two out of three? Because I think he's the best player in the series, and I, I, I even on the road, I think that's, that's, that's a decent possibility. I, I would like those odds. I, I just I hope Phoenix kind of gets their act together because they don't. Luka's coming. But I think this gets wrapped up in two games, and I'm going to go with Phoenix because I don't think uh, – I just don't think the Mavs roster is that good. I don't think Finney Smith is ever going to make another shot. It's just like CP3's turnovers are going to even out where he has zero the rest of the way out. Finney might not make another shot the rest of the series. I think he's cashed out. So <laughs> anything could happen, though. I, I, I would love to see it. I, I'd, I'd love to see Luke advance. It's really fun to watch him do crazy stuff. I just don't think this team's very good, and the fact that he even has a chance is just more credit to him than, than anything else. Uh, agreed. He's definitely. Uh, I, I don't think anymore, but uh, for for a while, his playoff uh, points per game was the highest of all time. It was ahead of uh, Michael Jordan by like a tenth of a tenth of a point. I think with the twenty six, that probably dips him below, which is anytime. And obviously, Michael Jordan was doing it for 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 longer. But Luca is you know pretty young, and just it, it, anytime you're getting compared to Michael Jordan is is always good. But I agree. Like I said, 2-2. Hopefully we can kind of keep this going back and forth. Uh, a lot of people are on the on the Suns bandwagon, and I you know, wouldn't be the, the most upset if they uh, they went down. No? No love for CP3? I, that's my only concern yeah. about all of this is that there is some credibility in the CP3 where there's it's not that he has a bad resume. It's that there's there's a resume of some bad things that have happened to him, and and this is just feels like another one that could potentially go on there. And you know, it's it's the Doc Rivers broken record of like, all right, we're starting to see a pattern here. This is this has happened more than once. This is happening again. Oh my God, how has this continued to happen? So I, I just I I worry about CP3. I worry about Rosillo specifically. You know, his credibility may fall with it, and that's that's never gonna happen. But it's it's just. I can't believe that he's in a situation where this might happen again and he doesn't get out of this. This uh, this doesn't even get to the conference finals. It's just, I don't know how these things happen. I'm, I'm ready for the CP3 30 for 30. I just don't know how long I'm going to have to wait for it. Where It's like the almost. It's 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 fouling out of the game and only scoring five points. Do you That's wanna, how it happens. Do you want to talk about the fouling out? Do you have an issue with uh, the fouls or at least the foul that he fouled out on? Uh, I, I, I didn't see that one. What, what was it? Was it real bad? He reaches down. He's not even really in the play, but he's kind of like a step away. But he does slap the guy's arm when he reaches down. Now, whether it had much of an effect, it was a pretty weak slap. But, you know, it's just don't – you didn't have to do that. Again, you're a professional basketball player. I think you should be able to withstrain yourself from slapping other people, even if it isn't that effective onto the shot. I just – you don't have to do that. I don't know what was going to be gained by that. There's no intimidating factor there that it's not – you could only lose with, with that sort of defense is, is kind of how I feel. Now, some of the other calls might have been a little questionable as well, but, you know, there's a difference between playing hard and, you know, playing hard silly like that where you're you're just doing stuff in front of the referee, not not being clever about it, or at least not really, I don't know, just being over physical and trying too hard. I don't know if the turnovers got to his head or, or what, but I, I don't really have much of an issue with it. I'll, I'll send you it later. You probably won't have much of a problem with it. You're going to be like, yeah, he hit the guy. Mm-hmm. It didn't really have much of an effect on anything, but he still hit the guy. 
you can't do that. And you, you, you got to know when you have five fouls, especially Chris Paul, he knows you, you can't do it. You, you got to be really careful. All right. I think those are all the basketball topics we have to talk about today. Should we move on to the Derby? Sure. I didn't actually watch the Derby live. I was going to lie to everyone because I just watched it before this podcast. And I'd gotten the message from you of being like, oh, 80 to 1. It's like, wow, man, that's been a wild betting day. Like that, I don't know if that's incredibly expensive or they made a lot of money. I, I wouldn't have picked it, but I could also see being like, yeah, you know what? Let's just throw a little bit of money on the craziest thing to happen. Just not a lot, you know? So maybe the payout isn't massive, but it's also not like you're expecting anything. So if you get anything out of it, it's like, oh, man, huge payout. So with that being said, I just looked at it from an odd situation being like, wow, this guy must have ran a great race. And in reality is he did do a great race, but it was an incredible comeback where I don't even think he's on the leaderboard at all. It's just suddenly the the last couple of bits here and he's, he's taking the lead. Uh, awesome race. Uh, you watched it live. What was more your uh, your environment like? Because mine was very boring watching it right before the pod. <laughs> so. uh I was at uh, I was I was at my parents' house. We had just watched the uh, the the Celtics game, then had a, had a little bit of dinner, and then it, you know lined up perfectly that the the derby was going to start. So went to go check it out. I had kind of looked through the the names ahead of time. I hadn't put any money on it or anything. That's normally kind of more of a uh, almost like I got to imagine the casual college basketball fan. You know, will will fill out a bracket, but you know might not do it for any money or anything. That's kind of I was like, oh, I got to pick pick somebody. And so I had just kind of casually picked uh, Summers Tomorrow. Just It was number four, basketball number, and just kind of went with that. Uh, you know, not worried about the uh, the, the, the odds or, or anything. But when you watch the race, it's one of the biggest fields, and there's you know, 20, 20 horses going. So there, there's hey, a lot going hey, re- on. Repeat that. And, you cut out. Go go back. Re- say what happened. Uh, summer is so, your race. What happened? <laughs> Yeah, I picked uh, I picked summers tomorrow, and then saying that the Kentucky Derby always has a, a lot of horses in it, so there are, you know twenty horses. So there's just, there, there's a lot going on, uh, and so watching it and seeing you know where where my horse is, you know the favorites are kind of towards the front, and then you know you see like three horses just all kind of lined up, and then you hear uh, Rich Strike wins, like oh okay, like is that one one of the favorites? Oh no, that was not one of the favorites. That was the 80 to one horse that, you know, coming out of nowhere, no one's expecting that. And then, you know, I'd start to do some research, find out it was only a few days before that it even got invited to the Derby to replace some other horse. It was only on the, you know, on the, on the betting sites on, on Friday, the day before. That's why I had such crazy odds. Cause like never even heard of this horse uh, out of nowhere. It's the second uh, longest odds to win the derby uh, in the in, in in history, then what I think was even more impressive was watching the replay. It was the overhead replay, and it's on that last turn. In the last turn, Rich Strike had to have been three quarters of the way back. Like wasn't all the way last, but it was for sure beyond halfway. Like was tenth or worst, easy. I want to say it's like fifteenth. And then just kind of wiggles his way through. And uh, it always looks like the horse is speeding up while the other ones are slowing down. But I think it's actually like the reverse. The other horses are getting tired and it's just kind of maintaining. But out of, out of nowhere, just rocket, rocket shoes, man. 
It was like a Dominic Toretto race where you save the Nas for the very last second. You know, you waste it early. Uh, yeah. You waste it early. It, it's over once you get there. If you don't finish the race on it, you screwed up. I, I, it, Fast and Furious reference if you haven't caught on. It, it, the, they're always racing. Dom and the, one of the main characters said it sends to always hit the Nas at the right time for every single race where he just peaks perfectly at the right time. And the other guy always screws it up. So that's kind of what this race felt like where everyone else went out to her. Now the, the horse you picked was actually, I think in the leaderboard for halfway through the race. So you're watching this knowing, well, this is either really good news or really bad news where it's like, I, I feel like I had a chance and now it's gone or, Oh my God, my guys, my guys at first, like the, the fact that this is even <laughs> happening at all. This is crazy. There's 20 horses out there. This guy's winning. And this is, <laughs> and it's so quick. It's so fast. I, I think that's the one exciting thing about this event is that it's, it's drawn out to this. And then it's such a short event and it's a big burst of energy. Uh, I'll I'll have to make an effort next year to watch it on a on an actual group environment. I, I don't think it's as enjoyed alone, but uh, fun race. It, it doesn't happen often. I don't really have a whole lot of opinions on horse racing. I think it's really fun to go to. Uh, Saratoga has been a fun place to go to. Uh, San Diego as well was at, at a good racetrack. But the the fun part about all of it is essentially anything can happen, and you can kind of bet any amount on anything. So the you know the flexibility on that is is good. I don't think it's that high of a learning curve for for anything. Uh, any other derby talk? I, I, I'm kind of kicked out on here. That's, that's all the horse talk I got. It, it was just fun. I thought it had to be uh, brought up anytime that uh, that long of odds. Uh, you know, eighty to one. You know, if, if you're not familiar, uh, eighty to one means that if you paid ten dollars, uh, you know, to to bet and on the horse, and, you know, that, that horse wins, you win eight hundred dollars. So, <laughs> obviously. Hindsight 2020, well, that would have been really easy. I should have put $100 on it and won $8,000. Should have easily done that. But most of the time when you put money on a, uh, a horse with that long odds, it's basically you've uh, you've just donated that money and you don't even expect to uh, get a return. So definitely uh, definitely a fun race. We'll uh, you know watch the uh, the other ones. But, yeah, the Kentucky Derby is always, always a fun event to, to watch. All right. Already started playing the outro music here. Celtics Bucks, game four. Are we going to tie the series? We're gonna tie it. I, I don't know how. I, something is similar to when Smart was out, and it was like, uh-oh. Uh, I think Tatum is just—he's uh, gonna get his groove back. He's gonna be more aggressive. The team knows backs are against the wall. It's—I'm uh, gonna steal from a part of my take. It's not a—it's uh, not a must-win, but it's a can't lose. Yeah, it's—it's it's not a—it's an uphill battle. I don't want to fall down three-one. That's—that's. That's, uh... Even with some home court advantage, that's not where I want to be. So tonight is a is a can't lose game. Can't lose. I'm just worried Giannis is going for the throat tonight, and he just because man, even in the game we blew him out that third quarter when he comes, he's crazy in it. The effort level, he's not going to stop. He's not going to give up. You're not going to get an off game. I think the best you could hope for is he goes to the free throw line a lot tonight, and he misses all of them. And that's that's mm-hmm. a weird hope. That's a Shaq hope. I haven't been this frustrated about a player since Shaq. Like that's that's the crazy part is that you're just hoping he misses a bunch of free throws and that maybe he'll have a chance at the end of it. But I think that still has a chance of happening. So let, let's go for it. Two two, and uh, maybe we go to game five. I'll, I'll sneak that in the last thirty seconds here. Just, just, just <laughs> we'll wait out for game seven. Maybe we'll be back next week. We'll try and stay on the Monday schedule.
column A, little column B.